All right, this is the Big Kid Show. I am Mr. B, and thank you for kicking it with us, even if it's just for a little bit. Oh, man. With me in the treehouse today, we got some big kid rock stars. We got Big Nick and Marcus Double Dribble Johnson. And today we're playing mm-hmm. Top Three. Thank you, boys and girls. We welcome and appreciate. All right, we're playing Top Three. You know what to do. Just jump into it. Today's topic is Top Three Michael Jordan Moments of All Time. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. I'm Michael Jordan. Born Michael Jeffrey Jordan, better known as Air Jordan, MJ, his airness, and the greatest of all time, born February 17th, 1963 in Brooklyn, New York. His family moved to Wilmington, uh, North Carolina in 68, where Jordan would go on to attend Elmsley A. Laney High School. After an impressive junior and senior seasons, MJ accepted a college scholarship to attend the University of North Carolina. Jordan went on to become a consensus first-team All-American his sophomore and junior years, Jordan opted to enter the NBA draft instead of returning for his senior year and was drafted with a third overall pick by the Chicago Bulls in the 1984 draft (laughs) behind a Mr. Sam Bowie and Hakeem Olajuwon. Mm -hmm. From that point on, Jordan began arguably one of the greatest NBA careers ever and left us with so many amazing game highlights and moments. The big kids had to point out our favorites since Air Jordan just celebrated his 60th birthday just very recently. All right, guys, grab your Gatorade, Hanes underwear, Nike Air Jordan, box of Wheaties, ice cold Coca-Cola, and DVD copy of Space Jam, and let's <laughs> dunk our way into the top three Michael Jordan moments. That's a lot of sponsorships. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook. It's a lot of sponsorship, and that's not even all of them. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to our show. Give us a rating. Give us a review. It's awesome. We want to hear from you. Huge thank you to all the big kids out there listening. We love you guys. Big Nick. You won the coin flip. You kick us off first, buddy. That's right. And a huge thank you to me for being here tonight. Um, want to start things off by giving a, a very happy birthday to his heiress, <laughs> Mr. Michael Jordan, turning 60. And uh, full disclosure here, boys, I've never seen Space Jam. Never had any intention to do so. I've, I do hear. <laughs> I'm starting out. to hear from some people that are like in their 30s. That it was a great movie, and so it. it some are even calling Bill, it. Bill Murray was in it, buddy. The sports movie of their childhood. So maybe I should get around to that at some at some point. Want to give a shout out to T Bug nine nine nine. Thank you for the five star review on Apple Podcast. Uh, everybody out there in Big Kid Land, don't be afraid to drop us a line and give us a five star review. However, and wherever you listen, Booyah. all right. My number three, Michael Jordan moment. It's so funny that you rattled off all of those sponsors at the top of the show because my number three Michael Jordan moment is the McDonald's commercial with Michael Jordan (laughs) and Larry Bird where they're playing the winner. Yes. Basically, they're playing like the most complicated game of horse that you've ever seen. Like first one to miss a shot loses and has to watch the other one eat a Big Mac, fries, and a drink. And I tell you what, I th- this was a commercial that was broken up into actual sev- several different commercials, and they keep just shooting different crazy shots, and the shots get crazier, more complicated as they go. I never saw anybody end up winning or, or eating the Big Mac. One part that's funny though is when they start to start to do the shots. You know, uh, Larry Bird makes one clarification to the rules. He looks right at Michael Jordan. He says, "No dunks." 
no dunks and, and Michael Jordan agreed. So <laughs> I loved that commercial when I was a kid and I was not a big Larry Bird fan and I was definitely not a big Michael Jordan fan. The, and, and, and I say that with the, an amount of respect. Okay. The reason why I was not a Michael Jordan fan when I was a kid was because the teams I was rooting for had no chance to beat this guy. <laughs> and so it so was just give in and root for him. <laughs> well, I, I thought about it. There were times where, where I thought about it, but um, so the Michael Jordan McDonald's commercial, and I'll take it a little bit a step further here. Uh, Google or YouTube yourself some better yet. Yeah. YouTube yourself some Michael Jordan McDonald's commercials. He did a wings, a wings Michael Jordan McDonald's commercial in 1993. Now I don't recall them having wings. Mm. I remember when McDonald's had pizzas, and after seeing the commercial, though, I'm like, (laughs) these were little wings. And after seeing the commercial, I'm like, you know what? Now I think I do remember them having wings very briefly back in '93. Michael Jordan was helping Mm. McDonald's sell wings. And then here's this other thing. I, I can't believe this didn't stick around. Michael Jordan had his own McDonald's sandwich, his own hamburger. So at yeah. one point they had the Mc, the Michael Jordan's McBacon Deluxe. And it's basically a Big Mac minus the Thousand Island. They call it like their secret sauce, yeah. right? We, we know it's Thousand Island McDonald's. We're on to you, guy. All we right? got you figured out. We figured that out a long time ago. So... It's minus the Thousand Island dressing. Big Mac minus the Thousand Island dressing minus the American cheese that's on the top patty, but it's still on the bottom patty. We got mayonnaise on there. And then we got this nice, like, really cool looking round patty of bacon that sits on top of one of the hamburger patties. And I'll tell you what, I'm sitting there watching that commercial on YouTube last night. And there was a part of me that really wanted a Michael Jordan's McBacon Deluxe. Did Michael Keaton approve that? I I thought about Uber eating it, right? Uber eats it. And and they they could be like, what are you talking about? It's probably a little old. (laughs) A little old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love the Gatorade commercials. I love the McDonald's commercials. Hashtag be like Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Great pick. I love that commercial. And especially pairing him with Larry Bird, that was pretty awesome. And you're right. It was more like an epic commercial because it was like four or five different cuts of it that you'd see 30 seconds at a time. So awesome pick, buddy. Thank you. Marcus, hit us with your number three. All right. So this uh, comes courtesy of a game back on November 23rd, 1991. There was a game against the Denver Nuggets. And if you guys remember... uh, a small, slender gentleman named Dikembe Matumbo. Um, he was a little guy. It was hard to catch. It was hard to see him. You know, he, he didn't really stick out very much. But um, at the end of the game, there's like five seconds left, and Jordan's shooting free throws, and you can hear M- Matumbo yes. like talking crap to him, right? And he's smiling, and you can tell they're like kind of buddy. You know, they're just joking around, having fun. And he's like, all right, this next one's for you, Matumbo. He's like, this next one's for you, baby. And he closes his eyes and sinks a free throw with his eyes closed. There's a lot of guys in the league that couldn't hit a free throw like the back of a barn door when they're trying, Shaq. And (laughs) 
this guy just like I'm gonna close my eyes and just sink it. Not only that, it was like a, it was like a uh, Babe Ruth call your shot and then nail it. Yeah. Right, because how stupid would yeah. he have felt if he closed his eyes and then bumped, <laughs> you know, right off the rim? Exactly. So, uh, so yeah. So that's what I got. Right it, it was was through the roof. Yep. So that that was a great moment. I think uh, I think that's the one I'm going to go with for number three, gentlemen. The blind free throw from Matumbo. And I even I watched that clip a few times, and I mean, he's truly got his eyes tight closed. So it was it was money. All right, excellent pick, Mark. All right, so for my yeah. number three, I'm going to go with a little ditty. This was on February 6th, 1988. It was the dunk contest. And yes, Ooh. it was the free throw line dunk to yes. defeat Dominique Highlight Real Wilkins. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I know even people said like, oh, it wasn't that great a dunk. But when I was a kid, it was awesome. So I don't care what you say. It was <laughs> It was super awesome. I remember even watching as a kid. I was like, oh, my God, he jumped from so far back. And now there's been guys that have been doing it. He actually crossed the uh, free throw line a little, if you remember. But still, it was awesome. So I just at the time. Yeah, I go back to little seven-year-old Brian, maybe, or eight-year-old Brian. I was like, oh, my gosh, he jumped from so far. (laughs) And then the crowd went wild, and they gave him a perfect score, and he won. So that's my pick there. I remember the – the dunk contest was like my favorite thing as a kid. I mean, oh, I watched yeah. some NBA, like, you know, a little bit, but like as a kid, did you really watch like games? Like, you know what I mean? Like full game? Like, not really. Right. I mean, you, you, the dunk contest, you were like, get your friends together because this is about to be crazy. And then you right. see Jordan just launch himself, which at the time was, it was unprecedented, man. Nobody had done anything like that. And don't get me wrong, Dominic Wilkins was also one of my favorite players and one of my favorite slam dunk contestants. But it's Michael Jordan, dude. I mean, yeah. You know, come on. <laughs> well, and correct me Good if choice. I'm wrong here, guys. One reason we weren't watching games, we were like eight years old at that time. Uh, exactly. And then number two, the the thing that was so crazy about that dunk contest that that I remember was the how loud the crowd was in comparison to more recent dunk contests where the the crowd it looked like nobody sat down once especially once it got down to Jordan versus Dominique and not only that you had the fans were booing the judges no matter what number the judges put up there they would boo the judges <laughs> and i think that 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 free throw line is what 15 feet from the rim and that's a long yeah. way to jump yeah. yeah, he he did cross it a little bit, so he's probably about fourteen or thirteen feet yeah. from the rim. But that's that's still quite some takeoff. But and this is before our time. This goes back before uh, big kid time here. But uh, I believe that was a throwback to Doctor J. That Doctor J was the first one in a slam dunk contest Ooh. to do the foul line uh, dunk. I could be wrong, but I think that that's what be. it was. It was a throwback to. The great one, one of the greats, Doctor J. We'll get, the, we'll get the research team on that. I, I gave him the night off. <laughs> you're a, you're a kind soul. I am. All right, let's hop into our number twos. Big Nick, your top number two, Michael J. Michael Jordan, excuse me, moment. Okay, um, so I'm going to go through two picks here and still not really get him on the court. Um, so my number two pick comes from what I believe is the second greatest documentary, sports documentary of all time. 
It's a little show that they called The Last Dance. It's a 10-part series. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go to minute marker 36-39. 36 minutes and 39 seconds on episode six. This is when Michael Jordan is talking about Thunder Dan Marley. And... <laughs> I love Thunder Dan. Well, you're you're not going to love this <laughs> this part, and it, you may remember what I'm talking about here, uh, Mr. B. So Michael Jordan's not getting along with Jerry Krause at this time, who is the general manager of the Chicago Bulls, and Jerry Krause was very much in love with the way that Dan Marley played defense, uh, played basketball in general, but defense specifically. So here's the exact quote from Michael Jordan. On the last dance, he says, quote, I knew that Jerry Krause loved Dan Marley and just because Krause liked him was enough for me. You think he's a great defensive player? OK, fine. I'm going to show you that he is not. <laughs> <laughs> and so here's here's the thing. And I'm going to kind of pair this with another moment because this is Jordan takes Marley to task in that finals. But that alone, if you go to YouTube and you can look up Michael Jordan killing Thunder Dan Marley, it's about a two-minute worth of clips of a single Bulls-Suns game when where MJ drops like 39 points or something on Dan Marley in that game, and he just makes it look easy. And, and what's so great about that moment is how great Michael Jordan truly is. This is... We get these moments from time to time that, that point out and remind us all just how good this guy truly is. And Dan Marley was no slouch, right? This dude was this dude was really <laughs> damn good yeah. at pro professional basketball. And Michael Jordan's like, eh, my GM really likes him. Okay, that's good enough for me. I'm gonna I'm going to school this kid now. I'm just going to school it now. Well, and, and to Dan Marley's defense, Jordan could pretty much light up anybody he wanted to if he had exactly. such inclination. So all it took was that little bit of fuel. He's probably like, fine, I'm going to let's go. And like I'm, Wayne Gretzky, you know, like give yeah. me the best defender in the NHL and I'm going to make him look like yeah, a rookie. Exactly. He's never played before. <laughs> I'm calling that whole experience there. Air Jordan gets gnarly on Dan Marley. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Love the pick, and yeah, the awesome documentary. And I'm, I'm I kind of forgot about that part, but yeah, it's I, I love those little insider quotes that you don't know about until a documentary comes out where they talk about it. So excellent pick from Big Nick, Marcus, your number two Michael Jordan favorite moment. Number two, I'm gonna get a little sentimental here, guys. We're gonna we're gonna get a little we're get, we're gonna get deep in the feels. All right. <laughs> so this one comes on June 16th of 1996. So on that day, Jordan scored 22 points. He grabbed nine boards, dished out seven assists, and he also won his fourth NBA championship. He led the Bulls on an 87 to 75 game six victory over the Seattle SuperSonics. The difference with this championship was that this was actually his first championship that he had won after his father was murdered, and it was on Father's Day. Yeah. So it was like a double whammy of sentimentality for Michael Jordan to be able to win a championship. Obviously, his father was um, unfortunately murdered back in 1993, so a few years earlier. But... Um, 
but just a cool moment. You know what I mean? Like for him to win the championship, to be Father's Day, to be able to to give the shout out to his dad and dedicate it to him. Um, as somebody's lost his father, I definitely can understand, you know, what that feeling might have been like, although I've only won uh, a couple championships, not as many as Michael Jordan. But <laughs> you're, you're a champion in my book, Mark. That's right. That's right. I'm still working on my first NBA championship. I'll, I'll get there one day. But uh, but no, it's just a super cool moment. You know what I mean? It's not flashy. He didn't have any of the crazy breathtaking dunks or um, you know anything like that. But you know, there's a memorable moment of him crying on the locker room floor after the game. Um, just super emotional. And um, I don't know. It, it it stuck with me. I thought that was a really cool cool moment for him and for his family. So um, so yeah, Father's Day championship for Jordan. That is a great pick there, Mark. And I and I. I'm reading you loud and clear here. It was such a tragic way that he lost his father. Such, I mean, really just complete senselessness. It makes no sense at the end of the day. It's really, it's really Mm -hmm. two, two punk kids out. All they were looking to do was to rob somebody and take and steal a car. And they end up killing somebody to do, to go out joyriding for a while is what it turns out to be. And, 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 I mean, it's just a heartbreaking story. And Jordan was super tight with his dad too. Yeah, like, real was, tight. They, really they tight, weren't. Yeah. They weren't just father son. They were boys. Yep. You know, Absolutely. and it, it was. It. You know, looking back on Jordan's career, I remember that that time when he was under fire because he was in the casino too late one night and they lost the next day, and they questioned how much he was invested in his career and the team and and the efforts to put together a, another championship season. And it's like, first of all, it, it, he he was in the casino till like 2.30 in the morning. They don't play till 7.30 p.m. the following day. It's not like me, the three of us, that we got to be at work or at, at 8 or 9 in the morning. And But it was his father. I remember reading about that in the paper and following that, Jordan. I re- I followed the NBA quite a bit back then. And I remember reading this and thinking – even though I was not a big Jordan fan, I was like, what are they getting onto this dude about? I don't understand it, first of all. And he was saying he, he was plain as day. He was open and honest with the media. He's like, I, he's like, look, I, I've had some problems with basketball lately. I've had some problems on the court. I got a problem with competition. It frustrates me. I'm getting mad. I'm getting angry. And it was my father that pulled me aside and said, hey, Mike. Why don't we go to Atlantic City tonight? Why don't we go blow off some steam? Why don't we get away from the basketball court and take your mind off of basketball so we can get you back in the right state of mind and get you back to winning championships? So as much as we credit Air Jordan himself for all these championships and these wonderful moments, we got to give some credit to the old man, to to the pops here. uh, Because you know know that guy had Michael's back all, all the way, all the way, and kept him, kept him straight, kept him real, and and kept it so he could bring it one hundred percent on the court. Well played, sir. Yeah, and I, I love that pick too. That's one that's maybe wouldn't be thought of as a highlight, but again, when you think about that and seeing him after that win, it was clearly very emotional. So, yep, excellent absolutely. pick, Mark. I want to give you a hug right now, buddy. Boom, boom. Pause right. for hug. Yes. The big kids are not afraid. We 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 triple hug all the time. Share our feelings. Yes. All right. Let's move on. Mr. B's number two pick, Michael Jordan moment. I'm going to go with the famous game from June 11th, 97. That was the flu game. The flu game. Oh, yeah. 
which the flu. I've after after the fact we determined it was actually just food poisoning. Brought to you by <laughs> Robitussin. But I mean, food poisoning, flu, even if it was a minor cold, dude Who put gives up a shit. Yeah, he put up thirty eight <laughs> points. Oh, he seven was ready rebounds. to do some shits. <laughs> Sorry, we're being very, we're yeah. being very rude. Yeah, surprised he didn't crap his pants, but yeah. Score. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, it could happen, but just, <laughs> still put up thirty eight points, seven rebounds, five assists, and this was in Game Five of the ninety seven Finals against the Jazz. And if you remember seeing him in the game, I mean, clearly he looked jacked up. And yeah. so, and again, why they're calling the flu games? Like, oh, he must have the flu. He's probably was dehydrated and all this stuff, but you know, still played like a boss and it just shows you this, this dude sick is better than most guys in their hundred percent capacity. Yeah. You know, and they couldn't even get him out of the game. I mean, like, who knows how he felt or maybe he was just milking it, but either way he looked sick as hell and still lit it up. Well, and I think, you know, Michael Jordan was the ultimate competitor. Like honestly, and you look at any of these guys who are great. I mean, Tom Brady, those types, they're just, ultimate ultimate competitors i mean they would they would do anything to be out there competing with their guys and that's where they derive all their energy from you know and and he was no different he he wanted perfection and he he went after it every night exactly yeah so i'm going with the flu game for my number two i like it all right well let's let's jump into the big ones here our number one michael jordan moments big nick I knew I knew somebody would pick the flu game as as a choice, and rightfully so. That's a great pick. But I'm going to circle back to one of your other great picks here, Mister B, because my number one pick. I'm going with the 1988 NBA Slam Dunk Contest: yes. Air Jordan versus Dominique Wilkins, aka the nice. Human Highlight Reel. And I know we talked about it a little bit already, but let me let me set the stage just a little bit here. So in 1984, Wilkins finishes third in the dunk contest. In 85, Dominique Wilkins defeats Michael Jordan, Dr. J, and Clyde the Glide Drexler to win the dunk contest, beating Jordan out by 11 points in the final round, scoring 147 to 136. In 1986, Jordan sits out of the contest. A guy by the name of Anthony Jerome Webb better known as Spud Webb, who stands a towering five foot six inches tall, beats out Wilkins, his Atlanta Hawks teammate, by two points. Wilkins finishes second in the contest. So by 1987, this is when Michael Jordan starts to take over. He beats out Clyde Drexler and Ron Harper and company to win the slam dunk contest. Now, 1988, This is what everybody wanted to see. You had what was shaping up to be a loaded card, loaded competition. The card was filled with heavy hitters, Ron Harper, Clyde Drexler, and previous winners, Air Jordan, Spud Webb, and the return of the human highlight reel, Dominique Wilkins. We got the the crowd standing the whole time. We got the crowd booing the judges no matter what number they put up. And in the end, Michael Jordan squeaks out a win. After three rounds of supreme dunk competition to beat Dominique Wilkins, <laughs> 147 to 145. Michael Jordan earned a perfect score of 50 in the final round for his free throw line dunk, while Dominique Wilkins received just a score of 45 on his final dunk, which was a spectacular two handed windmill. 
So that the reason why this is the moment was not just because I loved watching this and this really like shaped the next handful of years for me, what my sports watching would be. This this dialed me in to the NBA. Same. And after this moment is when I started to become aware, maybe this was happening beforehand because Michael Jordan was already a superstar, but he went into the stratosphere of superstardom after this dunk contest. I, I got me a pair of Air Jordan shoes. I'm wearing the Jordan shoes, right? And uh, this is when I started to get some awareness that I'm, I'm at a friend's house. Now I'm seeing Michael Jordan posters on the walls of my friends and everybody's talking Jordan. And, and oh, if you buy a pack of basketball cards, what's the one card you're hoping to get? A Michael Jordan. He, mm-hmm. he just leaps and bounds above all the other superstars in the NBA from this moment on. And I, I got a bit most favorite Jordan poster. Remember the one where his, his hands were Wingspan. extended? The wings, the black and I, white wings. Yeah, I always, yeah. I always wanted that poster, but I didn't ever get it. So well, and that was, I think that was a more expensive one because I remember like a buddy of mine had it like framed, and it was, it was a, it was a short poster, but it was long because they yeah. had the the wingspan. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you so had to be guys- one of those. Rich kids to have that yeah, poster we on your wall. We didn't have that. So if you guys yeah. want to pull, pull together for my birthday, you know, Michael Jordan poster framed, that'd be nice. I was sleeping in deal. a closet. Probably autographed. <laughs> autographed too. Actually, if you have Jordan deliver it to me, that'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah, we'll work on that. I want to play golf with him too, so. No big deal. <laughs> Love the pick. And Big Nick, you set it up way better than I did. Now I feel like when I said mine, it was kind of lame. So The research yeah, team must have got paid off by Big Nick. They yeah, gave him they, all the They stuff. did. Big Here, Nick was what, giving him cheeseburgers. I told I told the kids I told the kids in, in the research team I said you know what if anybody else picks this one just have them tee it up for me just have them tee it up for me and I'll walk out and Freddie boom boom couples that bitch right out the park. <laughs> well, that's what happened. There it is. There it is. Love it, Big Nick, and and you said it perfectly. It's I feel like after that his trajectory just went through the roof because I think that brought the commercial success too and just. You know, I mean, that was shown on ESPN highlights like for the next like week. It was just, oh, yeah, you know, so excellent pick, buddy. Awesome. Marcus, hit us with your number one Michael Jordan moment, buddy. Yes, indeed. So I think this might have been the moment. I don't, I don't know if this is the moment that I, I, I don't think it was the moment I found out about Michael Jordan, but it absolutely was the moment that probably made him one of my favorite players of all time. Um, so, this goes back to, let's see, we are in game three of the 1991 Eastern Conference playoffs. First round, oh, yeah. playing the New York Knicks. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, I like it. So Jordan gets the ball. He starts working his way down the left-hand side of the court. If you're looking at the at the hoop, he, he goes down to the baseline. He tries to make a drive in, and I want to say it was Charles Oakley. Number 34, I believe it was Oakley. That sounds right. Yeah. Put a stop on him. Yeah. He ends up getting around him, but there's a big old seven-footer waiting for him <laughs> right in front of the basket, right? Pat- Patrick Ewing. That would be angry. one Patrick Hewing. 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 And what does Michael Jordan do? Wha-bam! He goes right <laughs> over the top of him, right over the top of him, and just puts it over him like it was John Stockton. I mean, absolutely 
dunks all over Patrick Ewing. And then Patrick Ewing pulls like the soccer player move where he turns around and starts yelling at other people like they did yep. something wrong. Well, because he's like, I just got poster posterized. <laughs> I just got murdered. Yeah, like, I, got, I, got, I got eight inches on this guy and he dunked all over me. Someone call 911. There was yeah. a murder. <laughs> Patrick Ewing is dead. <laughs> he is oh. no longer with us. And I was a Patrick Ewing fan. And Everybody I've, was. And I yeah. saw that guy. Like, just put it on multiple people blocking. And, you know, he, he was a good defender. Very good. And he got absolutely rickrolled by <laughs> Michael Jordan. Put it right over the top of him. So that was just one of those wow moments. It kind of reminds me of the, um, uh, what was the guy's name from the Knicks as well? John Starks? What was Starks. his name? Starks, Starks, where yeah. he did something similar, right? He had like that huge slam over uh, a taller guy. I don't know that. That to me just stood out. It was it was definitely for me one of the more memorable. And I believe that was an and one. Jordan even got a foul on that. So that's just like salt in the wound, right there. Yeah. Right. I mean, dunked on you, and you fouled me, and you fouled me. So I'll take an extra one. Thank you, please. So, yeah. And one. And, pa- and Patrick Ewing was every bit of seven foot. Like I remember, yes. cause I used to love reading the, the backs of the cards when we were Me kids. Too. Like I could memorize them. And I remember on some of the cards, they even listed him at seven one. So he's yeah. every bit of seven foot and not just seven foot. If we're talking to some of the younger big kids out there, they might not be aware. Here's a little reminder that little guy, Patrick Ewing, he was also on the dream team. That's how good he was. He wasn't yeah. just one of the best centers in the league. In the early nine in the early nineties, he was good enough to be on the dream team. And so minus Akeem Olajuwon, who should have been on on the dream on the team then, but they had some weird thing with what country are you exactly. from or whatever. But uh outside of Olajuwon, you could make a very strong argument that Patrick Ewing was the next best center in the league at the time. And that was yeah. in an era when the, the, the center played much different than they do today. Absolutely. And the center was most of the time, the center of your team, the, yeah. it, you know, you would tune in in the early nineties, late eighties. And it was like a heavyweight fight between the one seven footer on the one side and the seven footer on the other side. And here, here's the other thing. This LeBron versus Jordan, who's the greatest? Kobe versus Jordan, who's the greatest? I get the argument, and it's a fun debate to to sit in, and and I get it. LeBron's great. Nobody's arguing that. Kobe, great, fantastic. These guys are great. Go back. If you don't want to watch the old games, go back and watch The Last Dance if you didn't get to experience basketball at, at that time. Because they do not play today the way they did back then. No. Back then, they busted each other up. Mm-hmm. Busted each other up. And you talk about Knicks versus Bulls. Man, when the Bulls started Rivalry. to take over the East, they had to take it from Detroit. Well, it took them a few years to take it from Detroit. They stumbled a little bit along the way because Detroit was so badass. When yeah. Chicago finally takes it over, the Knicks wanted to be the new Chicago and and make Chicago the old Detroit and take it from them. They never could because of Jordan. They never could because of Jordan. But when you tuned in, in the playoffs, I did not like the Knicks very much. I did not like Chicago that much. But guess what? Back then, when the Knicks played the Bulls in the playoffs, you watched. You oh, yeah. watched because it was a heavyweight fight. Must it was a knockdown, TV. drag them out. What do we call it? 
uh, Donnie Brook, a brouhaha. Uh, it was all those things. <laughs> well, and, and Patrick Ewing was only a Hall of Famer, so it's, it's not true. like the guy, yeah. you know, no big deal. So, no, that it, that moment was just explosive, man. And it was it was one of those things. Obviously, Sports Center was starting to kind of come up and about, and it was one of those, it was a Sports Center moment. Like yep. it was the thing they put on very first beginning of the episode. Come watch Sports Center. And you're like, God damn right, I'm going to watch it. That was yep. incredible. What did I just see? <laughs> I'm going to be late to class for this, right? <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah. Love that pick and awesome. Yeah, dude, that was an awesome memory. So I love it, buddy. All right. Can, can I discuss oh. something that's freaking me out a little bit? Sure. Have you seen the the latest Jordan news? Now, now we always record these in advance, so this won't be the latest Jordan news by the time it comes out. But it's still going to freak you out because you probably haven't heard of this. I believe the way that it's being reported is that Jordan's son is dating Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's, it's freaking me out a little bit, man. Like, Are what, you replacing your number one Jordan moment? With and and you, know what, you know what's funny is the news was like, it's okay because Michael gave his son his blessing. It's like, well, wait, you're getting what? the blessing what? from your dad. You might need to get the blessing from Scottie Pippen. From Scottie Pippen. <laughs> Holy crap. I did what? not hear that. <laughs> yeah. Google that. Big kid research team went overtime before they took Whoa. the rest of the day off. <laughs> I must have missed that too. That must have been page two news because wow, I did not know that, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for that tidbit. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh. All right. Mr. Beast number one. I don't think I'm gonna top that, but we'll we'll try here. So I'm gonna go with one that it probably didn't stick out as much, but to me, it just when I saw this, I was like, "That's Michael Jordan." So this going to May seventh, nineteen ninety eight. It was titled "The Shot." So first Cle- versus Cleveland, first first round of the playoffs. Three seconds left. They give the ball to Jordan. He makes a little move. Comes across to the foul line. Jumps in the air to shoot over Craig Ilo. Hangs in the air for a second, adjusts his shot, sinks it for the win. Yeah, and I, if you guys remember that they they shot they like shot it from the back, and you see him jump up, change a little bit, sink that thing, and then that's when he jumps up and does the the fist pump in the air. And that's oh. so hard to do, man. Oh. That's one of those things that like you just see it, and he makes it look so seamless that you're like, oh, that's who anybody could do. I no. mean, ju- just making that <laughs> shot difficult, but making it when it has to count. Three seconds exactly. left. Exactly. And I mean, of course, you're giving the ball to Jordan, but just the way he hung in the air for that extra second over uh, the guy who's guarding was no slouch either. He was a tough defender and equal yeah. size. Just hung for him to start coming back down. Swish. Win the game, baby. Well, and I forgot that the fist pump was preceding that that event because that fist pump is probably one of the most iconic yep. Michael Jordan clips of all time. And, and again, right? it, was, it wasn't a huge game because it was the first round of the playoffs, but the way he did it. Yeah, I mean, I I tell anyone to go just watch that clip. Type in May seventh, ninety eight, uh, Bulls versus Cleveland. That's that clip is just awesome to watch. Just I don't know. I, I probably watched it ten times. <laughs> he was like ballerina and superstar basketball player, acrobat, gymnastics, gymnast, yeah. all at, all at once. Like it, it, whatever you needed him to be in the moment to get you to the championship or get you the championship. He was capable of becoming that in the moment, yes. and it was yeah. it was unreal to watch. And the reason why I said at the top of the show that 
that I have a mountain of respect for the guy and, and I'd never liked him. I didn't never liked him on the court. I always liked him off of the court and I always liked who he was. And I liked, I liked seeing him in the commercials. Mm-hmm. Want to be like Mike? Hell yeah. I wanted to be like Mike. Everybody did. <laughs> You'd be crazy not to want to be like Mike, but I didn't like him. And, and you know what? And I think that if, if by some weird chance that, his airness. Michael Jordan himself tunes in and listens to this show. I think he would dig this and get it. I think his he's such a competitor, he would understand that this is a compliment. I loved to hate him and I hated to love him <laughs> because I loved to hate him because my teams could not win when he was on the court. Yep. And I hated to love him. Because he was everything that I wanted every other player on my teams to be. Yeah. No, and, and I think that goes with any of the greatest players. I mean, it's kind of the thing is you pretty much either love him or hate him because he, either he was your team or he was beating the crap out of your team. Right. <laughs> you know, it kind of goes back to these same guys like uh, Tom Brady, we said. It's like you either love Tom Brady or like, God damn, Tom Brady, he just beat us again. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, Jordan was probably one of the few superstars that I did love. It was usually like a Tom Brady situation where I was like, God damn this guy. Yeah. But Jordan, I loved and and I completely empathize with what you're saying, Nick. And, and I'm glad I was on the other end of him specifically. But he's one of those guys that would be endlessly frustrating if you were constantly rooting for the teams he was playing against. One of my earliest... Uh, most memorable NBA moments of my lifetime. And I, I, it's memorable because I still haven't got over it 30 some years later was I was a, I was a magic Johnson guy. I was a Lakers guy when I was a kid and Jordan and the bulls beating the Lakers in the finals, beating magic Johnson in the, in the finals. I believe it went six games but a couple of those games, and as good as the Lakers were, remember, they had gone on a run uh, for a while, and they were pretty pretty dominant battling it out with Boston in the in the 70s. But it went six games, and if, if my recall is correct, two of those games weren't very close. Uh, the, the Bulls handled them pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. And here we are 30-some years later, still broken up about it. <laughs> well, well, hey. I love all these picks, and I think I said right before we hit, we started recording that I thought we were going to have multiple similar ones, and we only had one. It was the free throw line, so that's pretty impressive. That how many amazing moments he had, and and honestly, yep. if we we could have did top ten moments, honestly, we're we just had scratching no the surface. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, sure. Michael Jordan, if you're listening, we respect you. you. We love greatest you. greatest of all time, man. Yeah. So, for big sure. kids, thank you for listening to our Michael Jordan top three moments. Make sure you check us out. We're coming out every Sunday. Let's get out of this treehouse, guys. We are the Big Kid Show. Peace. Oh.